If you're listening to this, you likely came of age politically in at least some way during the rise of the alt-right and Trump's 2016 campaign. The leftist anti-white horrors of the preceding years form the scar tissue. The data flow from social media, 4chan, Murdoch Murdoch, and new podcasts and streamers explain the carnage. You met up with strangers from the internet for the first time, and the prospect of an orange man on a white horse riding to the rescue proved too tantalizing for many of us to remain mute on the sidelines. We won that battle, but that war was never winnable. The savior turned out to be a fraud. Our rising influence received no establishment support, but instead provoked a vicious response. And a movement vaguely reminiscent of the anti-system stirrings in 1960s America resulted in a very 1970s-style hangover. The enemy put out the wildfire through censorship, co-opting some of our points, and oppression, but by no means extinguished it. It's a painful thing to think you're winning, get knocked back on your heels, and then feel compelled to regroup and devise a new offensive or just quit. Defeatism or nihilism is tempting. Recriminations are everywhere, and the urge for a new project under different leadership is irresistible. And so many of us continued to struggle on, at least in the spirit of a heroic but tragic timeline from the know-nothings to Southern rebels to the Klan to Lindbergh's America First to the John Birch Society to Rockwell's American Nazi Party to Pierce's National Alliance to the militia movement to the alt-right and perhaps even to include the National Justice Party. The latest outgrowth of organized resistance that made an impact but ultimately failed to achieve its goals. And so here we are again with most of us looking around and asking, what next? This week, we welcome back one or possibly two veterans, not just of Full House, but of the very real hard work of the past several years. And we'll see what hard lessons we can share for moving forward. So Mr. Producer, hit it. Welcome, everyone, to Full House, the world's finest show for white fathers, aspiring ones, and the whole biofam. It is episode 175, and I am your scarred but unbowed host, Coach Finstock, back with another two hours of brutal honesty and stubborn optimism in the service of our people. Before we meet the birth panel, though, sincere apologies to our pal Andreas of Nordic Frontier and our mutual audiences. We were scheduled to do a Christmas Yule comfy transatlantic mashup this past Sunday, but it was my only day off this past week, and I did not have the heart to disappear from the family for what always ends up being three hours, and it would have been the middle of the afternoon due to the time difference. So I, I apologize, and we will try to reschedule that as soon as possible. Moving on, big thanks to Rusty, Theo, Von Kaiser, and Charles for their kind support of the show this past week. 
And if you've got any scratch burning a hole in your pocket at this time of the year, that means that you must be wealthy and you can support us like those kings at givesendgo.com slash fullhouse or full-house.com and the support us tab. After all that, let us now get on with the show. First up, consistent with his pregame rage routine of the past few shows, he is straining at the leash to unleash a fusillade of personal invective, sordid secrets, and righteous revenge against all those who have wronged him or his friends over the past year or two. Sam, <laughs> welcome back. Wow. Yeah, make well, you a villain. <laughs> Come hell or high water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, that's, um, you know, a lot of, lot of thoughts there in that intro. Um, sure. I'm, I'm I'm interested in this discussion we're going to have um, uh, important things. But, hey, look what I got on eBay. I don't know if you can see. uh, But uh, back from 1979, I had this toy. (laughs) Yeah, Space Space Laser Fight by Bambino. I had this as as a wee lad in 1979, and I didn't have it anymore for a long time, but I saw it on eBay, and I remember... When this thing came out, it was like 50 bucks, which was a lot of money back in those days. And I'd saved up all my birthday money and bought it. And uh, uh, and I got it on eBay, $14.99. And it works and everything. And, and I showed my kids and they just shrugged their shoulders and they were like, cringe, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I can't even play it because if you heard it there on the mic, it's, it's really loud. And my wife will say, that's too loud. So I, I, I have to go like, into, yeah, I have to go into a room by myself and, and, and play it by myself, but it's really cool. Look at it. If you can see it in the, uh, that does look cool and kitsch and, and retro and yeah. you know, bring it into the, the graphics. Sam looks like it's big yeah. enough. It'll fit on your lap. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the graphics were remarkably good for that day and age, you know, but anyways, uh, I was excited about that. It's good to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you back. Uh, we won't ask you to answer it now, but I went through all of the website comments that yeah. don't appear, but I can still read them because they get emailed to me. And one of them was, I, I'm dying to know what Sam as a Catholic thinks of E. Michael Jones. So stick that in your memory cap. Mm, <laughs> we'll get yes. to that in sure the second half. Mm-hmm. A, you know, polarizing figure for sure. Right. All right. Next, next up, I formally advised him to take a chill pill before he sat down to record this episode because he's got a lot to say, but Lord knows if he took my advice. Rolo, welcome back, buddy. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> he didn't take his chill pill, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What's up, bud? Uh, nothing. I'm just uh, real excited to be here, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this episode. Very good. I uh, like the new Final Storm intro music. And I wanted to give you special sincere kudos for doing the work. Uh, people who follow us on Telegram or Gab may have seen that Rolo spliced together a uh, impressive almost hour of us talking during the break on the show when we didn't think we were going to be recorded when it wouldn't be released. And it came out very fun and interesting, if not earth shattering. Thanks well, for doing uh, that. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to do it. Yeah. <laughs> now, now tell me that wasn't the best and like all the future hot mic specials are just going to be like garbage like you know burping and <laughs> uh, no that was that was the um just the beginning that, that right. i did not i did not go over every single thing we had i literally sure. went in chronological order 
Ah, uh, all right. Very good. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause it, it was fun to listen back and remember, you know, where I was at the time we did that. All right. We got a lot to cover. Thank you again, Rolo. If you want to hear that special hot mic episode, of course, you can go to surrealpolitics.com, use full house as your reference code, and then you get access to all Cantwell, all of us, but enough of that. And finally, our special return guest. And I might add, he's back from just a brief hiatus from the show. The word on the street is that his favorite rock band is a toss-up between Three Days Grace and Three Doors Down. His favorite nursery rhyme is Three Blind Mice. And of course, his favorite sitcom is Three's Company. Smasher, a.k.a. Michael McEvitt, welcome back to Full House, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to do it. (laughs) Oh. It's good to be back. I, I, I ran up by my wife. I was like, is this too much? And she said, she wanted me to shorten it, but I, I just let it go. I, I am was, so happy to good. have you back. It was great to see your wife and your four beautiful kids uh, within the past, God, I don't know what it was, a month, two months ago. And uh, you are calling us uh, from the road, from your truck. Uh, yep. what, what's going on in life right here at the topic, guy? Not much. Just working as always, staying busy. Good to have you back, brother. <laughs> Welcome back, guy. Yeah, no. uh, ca- yeah, you know, all- so same, yeah. same as always. You know, just staying, staying busy. Uh, working on the road right now, but uh, be home very, very soon. And you know, just kind of keeping busy, uh, put, putting holes in drywall, fixing holes in drywall. Um, it's been a yeah, it's been a slow couple months for you, news wise, and and in regard to the movement. So yeah. Just going out, earning earning your daily bread. Yeah, nothing, (laughs) nothing at all. Um, I, I, I'm smiling through the mic sincerely because when you took a break from the show, uh, no surprise, the audience listeners in the show. Yes, of course it was due to a dust up between me or the show and NJP, et cetera. And we, of course, were bros about it. And I just. I think I suggested uh, we should probably, you know, take a little break here. <laughs> we'll always be bros, but yeah. we actually meant it. <laughs> so yeah. it was as, literally as, just yeah. like, it's not goodbye. I'll t- it's I'll see you later. Yeah. You're like, let's not have a, a bastard stepchild show. And I was like, I'm not going to, I've had enough. I'm not going to, you're welcome on the show, but I'm not going to allow an AJP show. Like, or maybe I was just thinking that. I don't know if I told you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We got a lot to talk about. It's an important topic, and we kind of have a tough challenge in front of ourselves here because we want to be honest, candid, serious. We don't want to be cheap and petty and catty, but at the same time, we don't want to pull any punches. Mike was a champ for being willing to come back on and may or may not become a regular guest on the show again. That's completely up to him. The door is open. Uh, But first things first, uh, some nasty things have been said about you, Mike, and your family. Uh, I heard the scuttlebutt through the grapevine and didn't believe the majority of it. I guess truth is, is in this case is far less strange than fiction. I didn't personally approve, but I kind of just thought, Oh, those wacky kids. So do you want to get it out of the way here? I know you put a statement out, but anything you want to say at the top here, just to put that stuff behind us. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have much to say about that. 
my you know my post on the trs forum bang is out there uh the daily rig article before it was deleted and you were banned (laughs) yeah before it was deleted and i was banned Um, yeah you know it's totally okay to say that like somebody is a rapist and has groomed multiple women and things like that but as soon as that person says that's not true you delete them and you ban here's my two cents you know um so yeah i mean that stuff is totally false like if there was a bunch of women that were being like raped or trafficked is another (laughs) thing that i saw thrown around uh where are these women 99 percent of the women in evergreen were married uh and none of their husbands are upset that i allegedly were grooming all these women you know yeah i think it is the truth that that, like one was always bullshit (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, did 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 one thing happen? And like, I'm not gonna have a debate about the morals of it, um, because at the end of the day, like, it happened. Maybe it was bad judgment. Sure, I, I'm not saying that it was great judgment. I'm not saying that like it's something that should be totally normalized. But it happened, and it was completely mishandled. Uh, and there, you know, there very obviously was not multiple women that this happened with, and people aren't being Nothing. groomed. Certainly not being trafficked. Uh, no, yeah, that, so, yeah. Well, totally. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Well, what upset me is that uh, with with a number of men and their wives, the horrible things that were said and continue to be said over these last few days even about that. Um, There's a lot of things that can be smoothed over. Somebody says something bad about me, about you, maybe we blow it off or we make a sharp retort about it or something like that. But when you say things about somebody's wife, somebody, uh, a a guy's wives, that is hard to come back. No, it is impossible to come back. Those are fighting words and no one would tolerate that. And I've heard that again and again. I've heard those the scuttlebutt through the months, and then in these last few days, I've I've heard heard them repeated. You know, last week when we talked about, hey, we should have a show like this where we kind of talk it over and stuff. I thought it was important to get it out. <clears throat> but there's been so many of these kill streams and and live streams and shows going over this in such detail. Um, oh, my wife is listen to a certain amount of it and and okay i tried to give it a listen i could hardly stand it the the things that were being said were were so awful that uh it's it's by the time of the tonight coming to the show i was almost feeling like i i hope we can put the positive uh discussion on this that we originally intended right. sure well, sam was- yeah it was jerry springer for white nationalists the past three or four days yeah yeah, and that was something that like I don't really want to contribute to, and that's why I, you know, I stayed quiet about it because I was, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to contribute to all of this, especially public drama, let alone private drama. And the only reason I said anything was because I saw all of these things being said about me, and it looked, you know, at this point, obviously the gloves were off. People were just saying whatever they want and i was like well okay then i should say something i should 
at least give my side of it. And even what I said was pretty minimal. I could have made it much longer, and I chose not to because I was like it, that. A lot of it, it's not water under the bridge, but it's the past, and nothing can be changed about it. I'm not going to cry about things, but I'm not going to let my character be attacked as some like rapist or something. You know? No. Yep. Yeah. And that uh, was why. Yeah. Go ahead. Tim. Yeah, that was just it. Like I, you know, I'm going to say as much as I feel like I needed to say to dispel that and everything else I've kind of, you know, kept to myself. I mean, there's been a lot of discussions about what happened and how things were run or this, that, and the other. And I haven't really commented on any of that. And I don't feel the need to comment on a lot of that. Um, sure. I mean, I, I, I was of two minds about doing this in the first place. Uh, one, because you know, the easiest thing is, of course, you know, the, the old mantra, just say nothing and ignore it. Uh, and that's also for self-interest, too, right? Because when you wade into a shitstorm, pardon my language, uh, you inevitably get dragged into it. And when something's already raging, you don't need to throw fuel on the fire, you know, choose your metaphor here, essentially. But then, uh, you know, when you're getting attacked and I'm getting attacked and all these people that we like and have been thrown overboard over the years, slandered, given a lot, sacrifice, money, time, risk, etc., for not just three years of the NJP, but going back five, six, seven years, uh, it's happened time and again. And then everybody starts running their mouths and mutual recriminations, et cetera. And to just ignore that and pretend it didn't happen. Uh, I think I will do that like, you know, next week <laughs> or, or after this show, but I, I, I couldn't let it just go without adding some commentary to it. Uh, and I promise I'm not going to try to be like a, you know, Mr. Diplomat magnanimity here. Um, I've got a lot to say. I'm as angry as I am uh, kind of embarrassed at the whole spectacle and frankly, a, a little bit depressed about the whole thing. Like, oh, it happened again. Oh, uh, it's high. Yeah, it's <laughs> build, collapse, repeat, build, collapse, repeat. Yeah, It's it's infuriating. It's disappointing. And it's definitely embarrassing. I mean, especially like. I mean, it's embarrassing for everybody, but like, I mean, shit, man. I already swore. Um, That's all right. So, so did I. <laughs> but it's a very know, special like my, my name was attached to the NJP, and like, you know, you and I, we didn't stop being friends, but we took a little hiatus because of it. And, <laughs> and that has happened with multiple people. And, uh, you know, I own up to, you know, there are people that have been hurt uh and i'm not going to say that they were doxxed or anything like that I, that's not true uh, i will say tony hasn't doxxed anybody that i know of uh, i'm not making the claim that tony will dox anybody uh you know I, I there's there's a lot of fud being spread and people are sure. upset and mad and whatever and i'm not trying to spread any of that but people have been hurt as in cast out of social circles um had their names drug through the mud, rumors, et cetera, et cetera, right? And, and I am implicitly connected to any of that, whether I had a hand in it or not. And that's, you know, extremely embarrassing for me. Um, and I, you know, I'm willing to own up to any of it. Anybody that has messaged me and, you know, wanted to have a conversation, I've, you know, tried to be candid. Uh, 
and apologize for anything that I feel that they feel like, you know, I've done or said or, or whatever, like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's time for me to eat some shit if I have to eat some shit. Um, yeah, but you know, well, it just kind of yeah, and, and, sucks, yeah, anybody, man. This this whole thing's well, just, I'm just you know, this whole thing sucks, yeah. man. And this is something that I believe no, in I that I was prepared to connect, you know, myself to for the rest of my life. And there are a lot of things along the way that I wasn't happy about or I disagreed with and whatever. And I'm not going to sit here and and go through all of them and be like see i'm super smart and i was super right about everything because like that's entirely unfair uh sure you know that would just make yeah. me look like an asshole you know so yeah and 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 so the audience knows i mean i told mike before the show you know i uh, if if there's stuff you don't want to answer or you can't answer fine i might ask it uh it's you know it's at his discretion on a professional and personal level uh, the other thing, and I want to get Sam in here too, is you see every, oh, this is, this is white, the, the arguably the worst impact or consequence of a collapse like this, an embarrassing one at that is that everybody or way too many people wash their hands and say, screw this amateur or I'm going back to my life. Or <clears throat> even some of the people inherently involved said, oh, that's white, that's white nationalists for you. And yeah, big surprise. White nationalists have a cadre of uh, antisocial people, uh, vicious backbiting people, and also some of the greatest people that I've ever met in my entire life. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The cause remains. If you're listening to this, know that, that, Hey, they tried something and it ended up going up in flames. That doesn't mean that the cause is wrong. And Sam is still here after God knows how many fights (laughs) and blow ups and and mm -hmm. failures and arrests and things like that. Uh, Anything on that real quick, Sammy, maybe (laughs) go ahead. Mike. Well, uh, certainly, certainly there, there's been, there's been a uh, lot of repetition, just like you say, and uh, near and dear to my heart is uh, the skinhead thing going back to the 80s and uh, in, in, a, in its own way went through the, s- the same thing. It was uh, by the late 80s, it was getting very po- powerful. And uh, at some point in, into the 90s, it uh, went through a, a period of decline because of infighting and uh, organization, really, is what I would put it. And, and the same thing has happened here. The, the movement was not ready for the level of organization that was attempted. Same thing with the skinheads. They, they had a great thing going. We were getting the best people. We we're having big gigs. Uh, but the, the infighting caused by organization ultimately was its own undoing or at least its temporary undoing. And same thing with this here. You had some guys who were doing some great podcasts that people enjoyed. They were funny. They were entertaining. It, it uh, got a lot of good conversations going. And then they wanted to become something else where they, I think, should have stayed with the, the winning hand that they had and continued to do that. I, I, let's look at Full House. We're, we're just a podcast. That's all we're doing. But, you know, we, we have had a, an impact on people's lives to a certain extent. The people that like our show, they love it. Listen to us. They love us. We love them. You know, that's, we, we got to stick with what is working and not be so anxious to move on to the next thing that is really not going to be supported. 
a high time preference comes to mind, Sam, and I want right. to talk about that a little later. And whether we're, <laughs> we're like, you know, let, let's take on the universe right now with this with, with this right. group, with this plan, and you know, mm-hmm. perhaps a little time to step back and reevaluate things. I got a lot of thoughts on that. Right. Um, and uh, you know, my post-mortem in a sense, I do want to share a lot of my thoughts and my experiences with NJP because probably they're relevant to a lot of other people, but it's kind of like, you know, where things went wrong or whatever. And of course I was actually at the beach on a family beach vacation with potato smasher uh, when he sort of let it, let it be known that, yeah, we're, we're forming a political party. And I said, Oh, that's great. And Honestly, I was a little bit butthurt. Mike knows this. I was like, what, 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 what am I, chop liver? <laughs> I worked in Washington for 20 years. I got some foreign policy chops, et cetera. However, I swallowed my pride. And I was like, all right, sounds good. All right, you know, helped out a little bit with that one important edit on the platform and went to the first awesome uh, uniting event at the at Charles Balsman's barn, heaven forbid. Oh, no. <laughs> the Russian... <laughs> The Russian bar. <laughs> oh, there's so many retards out there. I'm sorry. Like whenever I see Mike's a oh, Jew I, and NJP is Russia found. Yeah, it's like, right. oh my God, dude. And then yeah. they're like, they're like, and they just keep holding events in Bowsman's barn. It's like, there was one <laughs> event in Bowsman's barn. We had, we, there, in the last three years, there's only been two events held in a barn. And only one of those was in Bowsman's barn. Not every yeah. barn is Bowsman's barn. And we've only been in two mm-hmm. freaking barns. Like, come on now. <laughs> I had to go get that giant fan from our mutual friend out of storage to bring that up there. I don't even know if we turned it on for it. But I, what I'm getting at is essentially that, and you can go back and look up the little write-up that I did. I think I said present at the creation, uh, at least at the first event. Uh, there was a great turnout. Spirits were high. Sky's the limit. Uh, I actually was the one who started chanting Mike, 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 as he was going up for his thing. I was proud of that at the time. There was nothing but goodwill uh, to start off with. Of course, there's always going to be naysayers and people who hate uh, this person or that person yeah. for any reason. Well, but it's, and- it started off great. Oh, that's something well, I could really want to expand on is naysayers, right? So when we sure. started, there were there were naysayers, right? Because And, and I think these people from the start, of course, they were like, uh, you know, bad actors and, and people paid to just be to spread FUD and, and whatever. But there were people that were naysayers that were from the ranks of TRS. Uh, and it wasn't that they thought that it was, you know, going to fail or anything like that. But it was just like they correctly identified that it, some mostly podcasters uh, were trying to start this serious organization. And so they were just kind of like, Oh, I'm going to dip my toes in the water before I jump. Skeptical. In, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't think that they were bad actors. I think they were completely genuine. And at this point, it, you know, they were obviously correct that there were some issues that needed to be addressed in order for the things to be successful. For sure. Yeah. yeah I, I knew several sharp, well-intentioned people who thought it was a bad idea from the get-go. And I, I, mm-hmm. I remember saying, you you may well be right, but, you know, let's not, you know, abort the baby before it's even been born, you know, give it well, a chance. Well, the, the original idea, yes, exactly. Even people in our area had the same reaction of, oh, no, what are they going to do? But at that point, I said, well, the the 
the idea of having calling it a political party might get you some protection for getting the message out in another way. And I, I think that the original concept maybe was not such a bad idea looking at it that way. Yeah, and that was that was the intent. Uh, you know, our intent was always to file to be a registered political party. And the reasons that we didn't, I think, were genuine. Maybe that's, you know, self-interested, whatever. But I thought that they were genuine because, I mean, Coach, part of the, how you got doxxed was through political donations. Sure. Well, Neil. Uh, so there are legitimate reasons to not register as a political party until you're ready to actually run candidates. Now, I'm not interested in having the debate on like when's the appropriate time to run candidates. Cause that's something that like we could argue for the next 50 years and never come to an agreement on. Um, yeah. When, when we did that first show, it was actually you and Tony who came on and I was sincerely trying to signal boost you guys and give you a little more gas in the tank. And I said something like you really should run somebody for dog catcher. Otherwise people are going to say that, this is a fraud. You know, if you call yourself a party, you got to get chopping on the candidates. I get it that it's risky business with the contributions and the doxes and, you know, building yep. the infrastructure and third parties fail, you know, destined to fail. Um, but I think that was that was one thing when you called yourself a party and then didn't run any candidates in over three years. The guys were like, uh, OK, you know, I, if you, you gave a little agree. ammunition to the enemy. Yep. The, and there were different uh, plans to run people for different things. And for various reasons, they couldn't happen. And they were, you know, basically rescheduled. Like, when's the next time this sort of election is happening? Do we have somebody in this area, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it wasn't like we just weren't working on it. Uh, sure. You know, in fairness, I believe now, could we yeah. could we have done it? Could could we have said, oh no, and just done it and and whatever? Also, that may be the case. You know, uh, I think I think both both things are true at the same time. You know, uh, because even yeah. I found out that the Butler County uh, Sheriff election was 2022, and like, okay, I live there. I should maybe have known that. But I wasn't really, I I wasn't plugged into, I'm not plugged into local politics like at all. Um, yeah. I'm plugged into like big Jew politics. And had I paid more attention and known that the sheriff uh, election was in 2022, I'd have run. Absolutely. Because I don't think I would have, I mean, would I have won? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I think with the area that I live in, it would be pretty easy to win, honestly, because you just run on like an anti-drug dealer platform. Uh, you know, you, you yeah. kind of take us where I live. If you run saying, Hey, I'm going to take a soft spot on people that are addicts. Um, and we're going to focus on rehabilitation, not, um, criminal charges. But if you're caught dealing drugs, then we are going to bring the draconian, the draconian hammer down on you. Uh, people would vote for you. You know, you, that's yeah. almost a guaranteed win. 
Um, yeah, and I, and I I don't buy the uh, it, it was all a grift from the get go. You could you could make the criticism that it wasn't serious enough or diligent enough or focused enough. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, did it work? No. So that opens you up to that. But um, the, the I don't even want to say the extremely online people, but there's just you know as as much as I grew to frankly kind of despise the effort and just want nothing to do with it, I still had that compunction to like be like no that's not true that's not true like i know mike he he wouldn't be, be going along with some jewish grift uh right. he would have bailed well, a long time before then yeah that's one thing that like i don't like lying about people or things you know um even things that i hate like and i i don't hate the njp or, or anything like that, right? Like, don't get me wrong, but there's no reason to lie about the NGP. There's no reason to lie about TRS. There's no reason to lie about Mike or Jesse or anybody else. Uh, you know, and, and in fairness, you know, there's not, you don't even need to lie about me. Like, there's enough things that you can say, enough failures that you can point to that you don't need to lie to just yeah. basically say, like, yeah, this project needed to be over with. You know, there's no, there's no reason to lie about any of it. Yeah. Um, one, the only people one, that are, are lying, I think, are lying for self-interested reasons, or they're getting paid to lie, or something like that. You know. Or they were, or they were totally brainwashed. They were in the cult-esque state of mind. I can't, t you know, I they, when. <clears throat> well, then the they're not lying. Sure. If yeah. They, they, if, they, if they believe it, they're not lying. They're yeah. They, they they were just they were just bought in. Um. You know, people of course are taking victory laps, saying "I told you so," "I told you so," etc. But that was partially a consequence of what grew to be. I'll speak for myself. You know, uh, an extraordinary arrogance and imperiousness. I went to the first four NJP events. The barn. Uh, couple in PA and the one in Ohio. And by the last one, by the fourth, I was not hostile to the NJP whatsoever, but there was a certain point where it was like, I didn't need to drive all this way to like drink beers and, and listen to speeches. I could listen to the speeches on my computer. Like, you know, it's now been however long, that was almost probably a year and a half or something like that. And I just sort of said, okay, I've seen enough. I'm just going to hang back and watch. But that was around the point when NJP, maybe big money was coming in, maybe big numbers were coming in. But when you guys started, I'll say you guys don't take it personally, but you started flexing your muscles as if I, I don't know if I said it on the air, but I've at least said it privately. And I've been very candid privately, but I've been more guarded publicly, uh, both to not create a headache for myself and two, because hey, maybe this is going to work. I, you know, I'm not going to be the one to go out there and attack you guys. Maybe you will pull it off and it'll be a uh, terrific success. But you started to go around like the popes of white nationalism. As I said, we're the only show in town. You all come under our wing. We are the leaders here. Um, and I witnessed that firsthand myself, which was pretty ironic when NJP was like, no, you guys should fold up and come under the wing. And I said, why? You know, we're, we're friendly to you guys. We've helped. We've, I, I've donated. I, I know a bunch of other guys are donated. A lot of them are enthusiastic, but you're coming around like a mob boss saying that all this territory now belongs to us. That was 
in my mind, the first real sign of trouble where I was like, what the hell are these guys on? Um, there's a lot there, Mike, and I know you don't want to spill all the pasta, but, uh, you know, I, I and I know that your position and responsibility sort of changed over the years too. Um, whatever you feel like adding on that, if you would, buddy. Yeah, well, I mean, that was one thing that just with the Manabund, uh, that sure there was a lot of muddy water there on both sides. I mean, yeah, you know, like the idea of Warren pointing a gun at somebody was ridiculous sorry but uh, but people believed it right and that was retarded but people believed it because somebody that they trusted said that it happened and yeah that, that, well those were like the sort of details but the eff- the effort was there and it wasn't just the bund it was other groups as i understand it too like trying to oh absolutely yeah you know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah like the big ten yeah yeah Right. And I'm not dismissing any of that either. I think a lot of that wasn't handled very diplomatically, we'll say. You know, there were better ways that these things could have been handled and they just weren't. And that really kind of was uh, foreshadowing of, you know, ultimately what has led to this implosion, this most recent implosion. Yeah. Yeah, first, uh, what was it? First Greg, then uh, I guess Jazz Hands, even though he wasn't formally part of it. Then Striker, or then then you, then Striker, then, <laughs> then the then the axe came for the hangman. <laughs> it was like Robespierre, yeah. and when Tony got the yank, I'll say it myself. Um, and how about uh, you? You know, <clears throat> obviously we have spoken as buds in the past, but it sounds like as the year went on, you either got pushed aside or felt incapable or unable to uh, do some of the things that you thought were more common sense. Yeah, the, both. Um, yeah. I was certainly certainly pushed aside. I mean, most inf- you know, all the information flowed through Tony, and like that's that's not just me saying that as like some butthurt whatever, if you ask anybody, every, you know, everybody has said the same thing. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable saying that, that like Tony controlled all the information, told everybody what to do, et cetera, et cetera. Hell, the last event that I was at, I had to get the address for it from a supporter group director because Tony just like kept not putting it in the central council chat, yeah. you know? And there's nothing wrong so, with having a competent, uh, you know, severe chief of staff who, you know, snaps necks and writes checks, et, et cetera. But if you do it the number, like an but, asshole, frankly, <laughs> then yeah. it's, it's well, just the number one. The number one failure of any organization is poor communication. Yeah. If you do not communicate to the rest of the organization to let them know, what their duties are, their responsibilities, where they have to be, what's going on in the organization so that they can be an active participant, et cetera, et cetera, then it's not an organization. It's not. Well, and if you want a contrast there, back in the day, the fellow we had hoped would be on with us tonight, J.O., he functioned much, much in that same capacity for TRS. I remember back in the pool party days, when he would coordinate things or we would hear from him or he would even come visit us and hang out with us or tell us a few 
points of direction or something like that, and how much more competent and uh, respect respectable he was in that role. He was respectful and he was respected in turn. Yeah. And yet yet a little spoiler from Sam there, uh, par for the course, J.O. Uh, was going to come on tonight and he still may in the second hour. Smasher's going to run after the first hour and I'm going to check in with J.O. when we go to the second uh, for his perspective, which goes a lot farther. J.O. got mercilessly thrown under the bus and told yeah. to go away forever after working his ass off. I saw it mm-hmm. firsthand sincerely in good faith to be a friend to everybody, to build goodwill, which he was very good at. And then one of the many lessons learned is, you, you know, you cross one person or do one thing wrong. You're out, you're, you're done. You know, nobody associated yeah. with him. You're blacklisted. And what people that's, don't understand is that this is, is the, <laughs> You've always hated him a bit, right? Yeah. Sure. Never any good to begin with. Yep. And Joe was so good at when there would be a problem or somebody got doxxed or just somebody was having a problem. He'd be on the phone or even in person. He would be there to make sure things went the right way. Yeah. All the, all the gossip about J.O. and the lurid tales and the tall tales or whatever. I always told people, look, I don't... I, I don't know every second of Jo's uh, backstory, but I could tell you from extended personal experience up close that he's a damn good guy. He was doing sincere work and no, he's not this yeah. demon. That, no, Same here. Hey, we, we'll save that uh, for him. And the other thing I want to mention is that people forget how optional all of this stuff yeah. is. All, all of our lives would be simpler, safer, more lucrative, if we just went about our lives and didn't do anything other than listen to a podcast or maybe meet up with some friends for beers, but we know that that's inadequate. So when you make it so that people feel either threatened to be part of it or that if they uh, dissent at a certain point, or if they make one mistake and then they're out, or, you know, if you're associated with this group, then you can't even come to a mass meeting. It's a mass meeting. I understand that you're not ready to like invite the reds like the NSD, AP did, but you know, you'd think just to get the cover charge at the door, as long as you don't think they're an actual bad actor, uh, you know, the, the blacklisting was out of control, unfair, counterproductive. And we were talking about this the other day, how many good men in this cause, and there are a damn lot of them have just ghosted or drifted to the winds or, or maybe stayed in touch, but not don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole because Mm -hmm. either they've gotten burned or they've seen people close to them get burned and said, forget it. It's hopeless. Not going to do it. And that, that is one of the massive capital losses, human resources losses in this whole thing. Well, yeah. Two, two, I got two things. I want to touch on, um, the ability to step away from all this. Uh, I have been pretty distant the last few months um, just because it was like, I don't want to deal with the drama, etc. And that's kind of what put me into the perspective of like, I don't really feel like I need to feed into all the drama. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie or, or try to cover anything up. Uh, I'm going to take, you know, whatever lickings I have to take and, but I'm not going to lie about anything either. And I'm just going to not talk about things that I feel like I don't really need to comment on. Of course. And that like when this all first started, I was full of piss and vinegar. I wanted to go on, you know, meltdown, burn everything down and whatever. 
And having spent a lot of time off the internet, I'm like, you know what? It's actually just not worth it. Uh, because if you delete Telegram, guess what? <laughs> this all goes. This all goes away. Yeah, I know. Log, I kind of like. <laughs> you log. I dragged Jo back out, kicking and screaming. He's like, "My life was so tranquil, Coach, until you were like, people are complimenting you. Come back." <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you if you log out of Telegram, white nationalism in America disappears. Hate to say it. Sad but true. Hate to say it because I believe in white nationalism. Uh, I believe in the ultimate destruction of Israel, uh, and a bunch of other things. Um, we say but, Jewish well, power on, on this show, Mike, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you earned it. The uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is to concentrate on the real, you, real life relationships of people that you yes. know in person, locally. When all of this was beginning to dissolve, to dissolve about a year ago, I spoke with a particular friend, and I said, "Hey." Concentrate on your local network. It sounds like you're doing great there. We have a great thing here. That's what we all need to work on. Think yeah. globally, and act locally. Under promise, yeah. over deliver. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and what really I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, you know about governments and organizations and what the nation and state, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So. If famous famous white nationalist saying is that the nation is your extended family, so this nation spreads across the United States. You know this theoretical nation that white nationalists claim exists, and I I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying we claim that it exists, right? The white American uh, ethnicity, if you will, exists. It's valid. We are a nation. And it is spread across the entire United States, United States geomass. Well, if it's your family, your family doesn't all live in one house. Your family exists across multiple spaces and operates independently to make up your greater family slash clan, right? So why should we look at this any differently? You know, we're, we're a bunch of houses making up a neighborhood, making up a city, making up a country. And we have to operate as such. And that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some sort of centralized direction keeping everybody on the right path. But when you start to micromanage, um, you start to you know, tell people how they should be doing literally everything, which I know is redundant, but you get my point. Mm -hmm, sure. um, that starts to cause problems. You start to get into people's business that you don't really need to be involved with, and that causes problems. Starts to sound like a cult. Yeah. And a lot no, of people yeah, have I, called this that. I always poo-pooed that, Sam. I said, stop with the cult nonsense. Like, they're mm -hmm. a bunch of guys trying to do their best. I <laughs> tried to extend as much goodwill yeah. and assumption of good faith for the longest time, well, and then... When the sycophants started to come, when, when things started to go, go south and honest, good people were starting to disagree publicly, of course, there's always the, you know, the sour pusses in the comments or whatever. I said, nope, I, I yep, that now it is starting to get to, to sound culty. I just finally came full it, circle on that. And it, it was, uh, was honestly uh, a sad realization on my part. 
um, because especially now you're seeing all the outrage and the hate, uh, a lot of it justified, honestly. But uh, for me, it was, and and that's was kind of my interest to do this show was not not to express the rage, but more maybe to th- talk about it and think about it, or even the sadness about it. Because the thing is, I I have met all of these guys, some of them more than once, and had very nice conversations with literally every single one of these people, whether uh, the exactly the NJP people, but also the uh, people from TRS, like Jesse McNabb, and others. And, uh, you know, Tony Hoveter, we had him on this show and I never had a personal conversation. Yeah. I I never had a personal conversation with him, but we had him on this, this show and he was fine, you know, and, uh, and the same, same with the other guys. I've, I've had personal conversations more than once with, uh, uh, Mike and, and Stryker used to come to the shows. He would support the gigs and everything. Uh, so I, it was hard for me to understand how to put all this together, you know, when I'd had all these nice conversations, I'm perhaps sounding a little naive and the people who are a little bit more engaged, you might say, or more online, they, they're saying, you know, they're following different incidents and things and things said, things done, but, um, you know, it uh, there there were I've I've known all these people. Warren talked to all these people, and it was just hard to understand that asshole Mike. You know all these people <laughs> I've met, and uh, th- so that's that was kind of my takeaway. Like you know, and still remains a kind of a mystery in a way. Like you know, when I've had these nice conversations with these people, how did it turn into this? Yeah, I, I you know it probably goes both ways. They they've viewed any dissenters or naysayers as special snowflakes or you know not will you know mm-hmm. they just wanted they just wanted to feel special and not actually do any work or they had ulterior motives or their mm-hmm. real priority was something else. And guess what? Yeah, li- life is kind of messy. Uh, and you know you you're some people are going to be hostile from the get go. Some people are going to be all aboard the train. Now some of us with mm-hmm. scar tissue from previous causes we're not going to be quite so reluctant to get aboard any train going forward and the rest of the people are, you know, wait and see, Mm -hmm. you know, show, show me, don't tell me, uh, compel me to want to join you rather than trying to strong army. You know, it was really ironic that they were like, no, all of this belongs to us now. When I was like, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't I hear that like David Duke and Harold Covington had that same same thing? Like, give me your mailing list, you know, give me all of your subscribers. And TRS was like, no, it it was, it was so bizarre to see that come full circle. Uh, Before we get too far here, Mike, a question from the audience a buddy reached out via dm before the show he said what would you say or what would you suggest for the njp rank and file the maybe not the supporter group leaders but you know people who were invested in some way in njp and now are angry or confused licking their chops etc um i would say don't despair. I've been involved in white nationalism for almost a decade at this point. I've seen, I don't even know how many organizations come and go. Five, I think, at this point. Um, maybe seven if you count like the different iterations of organizations. Uh, this is, unfortunately, this is not unique 
Um, it's something that's happened, and it's something that will happen again to other organizations, promising and otherwise. Uh, you know, I, I've always said that calling this a generational struggle is a cope uh, because we should be doing everything that we can to make it easier and to to try on future generations and to try to obtain victory before those future generations have to worry about it. But that does not mean it is a short-term struggle. That doesn't mean that, um, you know, there's going to be just one organization that pops up and instantly does everything right and wins. Uh, there could be a hundred more organizations uh, over the next 30 years before something catches and truly achieves, you know, great victory. So, sure. There are uh, we, dozens of small startup parties in Weimar, Germany, right? <laughs> There's yeah. one for every little bespoke thing. And then eventually one took and took over. Right. Um, so this yeah. is, it's not that it's a generational struggle, but it is something that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of growth. It takes, it, it takes, it takes a lot of failure. It absolutely takes a lot of failure and not just, uh, not just as a political party, but just organizing in general. Uh, organizing is not easy. Um, various aspects of it may be easy and different things are easier for different people. But organizing, especially on a mass scale, is not something that's very easy. I mean, people get paid a lot, a lot, a lot of money to do that, right? $6,000 a month. <laughs> <laughs> I said it, you didn't. <laughs> well, the thing is, invest in your local network. We have many wonderful networks of people that have been set up through the years. We have a great local crew here. You guys know our people, and there's other great groups throughout the country. That should be your priority, not a national organization, but invest in support in your local group, your local well, community. And I agree that you should be working, your focus should be locally, but that doesn't mean that you should ignore uh, what's going on nationally, right? Because how many sure. of us live, how many of us live within 20 minutes of each other? Zero, no, of course, right? yeah. But we're still friends, we still have yeah. uh, a, a resource, we have a national resource network, even though it's not necessarily anything official, Right. Um, I'm confident that I could go pretty much anywhere in this country and, and find somebody's couch to sleep on. And that doesn't mean nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that, that shows I saw, I've argued with people about, you know, it gets ridiculous. What is the value of what we're doing? And I was arguing about, oh, look at how we help each other in this way and that. And uh, the guy was saying, well, well, I could get somebody in my neighborhood to help me like that. I don't need that for an organization. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, we put out a call on this show. For can a, you say the N-word with them while you're fixing your car together? Yeah, right. <laughs> that, of course. But we, we put out a freaking call for somebody's kidney and somebody contacted us. You know, that shows the strength of our community. Like Smasher said a moment ago, he could be anywhere in this country and make a call and say, Hey, I need a place to stay. And somebody will 
give him that place to stay. That's unless they were unless the, they were in the chairman's circle, then they might not give him his couch. I get it. I don't want to be we, too lovey to here. Yeah, we do have, you know, we, we that shows the strength of our community right there, and that's the thing we should be building. Yes, locally, but uh, and anywhere, any white nationalists across this country and across the world, even. Absolutely, Sam. Uh, we're getting a little long in the first half, but I still got a lot. Mike, you run whenever you got to go. We're not going to keep you super long, but I did want to talk briefly about the other Mike, Mike Panovich. Of course, he was the chairman. The buck stops with him. And I'll be perfectly candid with the audience. I can't bring myself to hate Mike for all this. I don't see him as a malevolent, malicious actor in this. If anything, and maybe it's too generous, I see him as a little bit of a victim. You know, so many of us got sort of swept up into this thing. Mike excelled, excelled and excels at what he does best, you know, analysis and cutting things down to core motivations, causes and consequences. Well, and, you know, you know, he's kind of, he's got an unfortunate, as I would see it, codependent Siamese twin relationship with his business partner. And he got lofted up into, he, he basically got compelled, you know, people were telling him, Mike, you know, you're the guy, you're the guy. And he answered the call and I don't think he was genetically cut out for it. And I just mean that, or, you know, uh, that, that wasn't his uh, wheelhouse. Disposition. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, that's, I'll say that we, when we formed the NJP, like we told Mike, we were like, we want you to lead this. Like you, you yeah. don't want to, and we know that, but we want you to do it. Everybody wants you to do it. And that's what so, everybody says, right? You, sh you, you don't want somebody just seizing the mantle. You want other people to acclaim them to it. Yeah. And well, I think Mike was a good pick as far as the person in charge with good sense, good, good ideology, good. And I, Mike in fairness is a good decision maker. The problem is that he is very conflict diverse and he said as much, you know, I'm not sure. Yep. You know, and I would say this to his face, you know, he is extremely conflict diverse and that ultimately is what caused a lot of these problems. Um, but I also, Fe I don't Fester, hate Mike. Fester. I feel, I feel bad for Mike. I do believe that he is a victim, <laughs> um, more of somebody else than what you said, but, yeah. um, you know, I don't hate Mike. I, I still love Mike. I, one of the last, <laughs> we got to get Mike to, we're, we're going to get Mike to the beach and get him that beer. <laughs> we're going to make his dreams come true. <laughs> we yeah, can I, do it again. I, it, <laughs> If Mike asked me to go to the beach with him, I'd go. Sure. Same here. <laughs> One of the last conversations that I had with him, it was actually when he asked me to step down. Uh, one of the last things that I said to him is that I told you that I would do anything for you, man, and I will. So I'm stepping down, you know, and that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to say in my life. He was choking up. I was choking up. It was pathetic. I sat in my truck and cried for like 30 minutes. Oh God! Back. Oh God! Bunch of facts. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, that means you cared. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're at an hour. Smasher's got to go. I don't want to delve too much. We can carry this over in the second half, of course, because we haven't uh, unleashed Rolo from his pin or from yeah, his. I can. And yes. <laughs> I can. I can hop. I can hop off, and you guys can be as mean as you want. 
you know, fair enough. A uh, couple quick things, <laughs> Smasher. Um, you know, I watch Warren and Emily do their sort of sort of postmortem, but you know, I, I don't think that we're digging the grave. I think it's already there. But the idea that uh, the Jews beat you guys, that one had me almost fallen out of my chair. I was like, did he did he just... did he say that? He said like, that early little... on that, that the set, well, don't, don't, it's not a direct quote, but it was absolutely blame put on the Jews for the failure of the NJP in the context of not being able to get the message out due to censorship. And of course I almost fell out of my chair when I heard that now in his, in fairness, later on, like toward the end of the stream, I think he was a little bit more candid about uh, perhaps the organizational or the personality problems. But the thought occurred to me, like maybe at one point the feds were like, oh, what's going on with this NJP? And all they had to do was just kick their freaking feet up on the desk and wait for you guys to implode. You know, seeing it happen before, it'll probably happen with these guys again, uh, which just pissed me off. And, you know, and, and I'll name, I listened to the third rail postmortem and early on Spectre was like, the why doesn't matter. No, the why absolutely got damn matters so that we don't do this again and again and again even if we're doomed nietzschean style to eternal recurrence like can we please you know we need to learn some lessons from this both in terms of personalities and management and setting expectations and treating people with uh respect and dignity i'm you're a really great sport for coming on to do this big guy too because i'm you know trying not to lay it on too thick here and it's easy for me i'll admit to it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback and say, this was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong. But for people well, thinking about starting something new or who are running one right now, there was a it, goodwill squandered or w goodwill wasted is a, is a horrible thing. And it's really hard to get it back. Yep. And, and same goes for trust. Yep. Yep. Oh, tr trust me. I'm in the same boat. And that's why I'm not saying a lot of things that I feel like I could say, or even things that I kind of want to say, because it's like, it, it's easy for me to do that. And I don't want to seem self-interested in a lot of the things that I'm saying either, you know, because just because I disagreed with a lot of things over the years, if I just sit here and say, well, I disagreed with, you know, this decision, that decision, and that just is extremely self-interested and would be i would look like an asshole because it's like, so oh, he's just saying serving yep right yeah. he just saying oh, there was no, no, good. <laughs> the self-serving was coming hot and heavy from the two primary corners of uh troublemaking yeah yeah and it's like it, i would I, I would not lie about anything that i agreed or disagreed with but in my mind at this point it doesn't matter what i agreed or disagreed with because yeah. I either did or didn't do anything about it. And so it just is what it is. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to make myself look good or to like even craft a narrative. Uh, I don't need to, I, I haven't really needed to do much. I put out what I put out and that's been it. And, you know, everybody else has been fighting uh, and I don't feel any need to jump into that. Nope. It's M more credit it's, to you. It's embarrassing, yeah. man. Yeah. It's embarrassing it, to see it, people it, acting like this. Chum in the water for the enemy, more discouragement for people to get <clears throat> involved in the future. Cause they think, Oh God, if I, if I run a foul at somebody, then uh, <clears throat> I'm going to get doxxed or all this, you know, gossip mongering is going to get out there. It's uh, it speaks a lot about how you handle adversity. One of my favorite George Kennan quotes. It's not what happens 
happens to a man is it's how he handles what happens to him, whether it's his fault or not. Uh, Mike McEvitt, thank you very much for coming on, for calling from the road. Uh, bless wifey and your three boys. And of course, one very special daughter, uh, loved hanging out with you guys recently. And as you know, I, uh, I only hold you uh, 99% responsible for the uh, outcome of the NJP. <laughs> maybe, maybe one, maybe, maybe, maybe one or two percent. <laughs> no, but and look, this is not an act for the audience or whatever. I was like, no, Mike is my friend. I actually, like I said to my wife the other day, I was like, you know, Mike could probably like commit some horrible thing, and I'd still be, you know, as long as it wasn't like, uh, whatever. The, the point being, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. That, that, that qualifies. It was some horrible thing. I was like, I'd still be friends with him, you know. <laughs> but like, that's what you know. People lose sight of this thing. They they get uh, so self-important and absorbed. And and look, we got a bunch of stinkers in this cause. Everybody knows it. Every every group, every cross section of America and the world has great people. Yeah, average oh, and people one thing. and stinkers. Yeah, <laughs> and that's one thing I'll say. To, to people that are uh, looking on and, and it makes them apprehensive to get involved or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what your hobbies and interests are, whether it's uh, punk rock, whether it's anime, whether it's video games, whether it's Nazism uh, <laughs> or, or anything else. He's just talking about us three. Yeah. I'm just talking about the show. Um <laughs> But if you go and you become part of like a fandom, right? And I hate to call this a fandom, but it's kind of like the Hitler fandom, a little I bit. guess. Uh, you go and join a, a fandom. You 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 get involved and you start going to Comic Con or whatever else. You are going to see the same problems that you're seeing play out here. You're going to see that there. You're going to see it in in freaking sports fan clubs. Uh, yeah, it's it's just humanity, right? And that's not to that's not to despair you. It's just part of human nature, and it's growing pains. It's things that we are that you have to deal with, and you have to figure out how to overcome. That's right. All. It's not a reason to give up. Amen, brother. <clears throat> if you give up, you'll spend the rest of eternity in hell with the Jews. Just saying. Oh, well, yeah, hey, what sure. one of one of my most. Uh, probably intelligent and he's got it. I'll just say he's got his life together better than almost anybody. I know we were talking about this whole thing and not to be self-serving here, but he said, coach, it's time. I was like, Don't time for what, what's your idea? You know, he, he tr talking about filling the void. And then we got talking about the show. He had been an avid listener. I was like, do you still listen? I'm just curious if you don't, that's fine. And he said, honestly, I don't. I said, all right, wh wh why not? You know, do we suck now? And he said, I miss Smasher and J.O. He said, I, I loved Smasher and J.O. on the show, and that's one of the best guys I know. So <laughs> little feather for your cap. Not that you need oh, Thank yeah. you. <clears throat> you bet. So, hey. hey uh, num yeah. Number one number one rule of degeneracy, never oh, no. somebody else's wife. Okay. <laughs> Lots of bleeping for Rolo. Rolo, anything for Smasher before we go to the break? I've missed you. There you I miss you too, buddy. All right. I, maybe maybe I still, Rolo. I still watch you on YouTube sometimes. Thank you. His his gaming streams. Yeah. Mm, Other things. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't. 
<laughs> I don't want to worry about it. Jeez, all right. Gosh, coach. Oh, all right. Oh, you guys have your special little YouTube relationship. That's fine. All right, guys, we're going to the break. Mike, again, thank you so much for coming on. You are welcome back anytime as a regular or in a regular. I'm going to reach out to Deo to see if he is perhaps game for the second half. If not, uh, we didn't even get to uh, the going forward and the ideas. And I've got two polls of my uh, broad trusted circle that could provide some information as to where we are and where we might be going, or if this is, it's all, it's all hopeless and we should all just uh, look out for our own asses as opposed to the broader cause. All right. For the break, we're going with, little classic jam i think this is early 2000s it's called seeing red by unwritten law some of you will remember this one and we'll be right back i'm seeing red don't think you'll have to see my face again don't have much time for sympathy cause it never happened to
to Full House episode 175. Hope you didn't mind the early 2000s punk there from uh, Unwritten Law and Elva, the album. And uh, I didn't say anything in the first half because I was so preoccupied with the topic at hand, which we are going to carry over here in the second hour. But Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Merry Christ- Christmas, one and all. Got Yule as well to our pagan friends. Uh, I don't know. It's December 20th right now. I don't know if we're going to get another one in. Probably not before Christmas. And uh, again, uh, we could we we could have possibly had a nice show with Andreas in the spirit of the season. But I'll tell you the truth. I was sitting at the kitchen table trying to fix the batteries on Potato's little uh, electric train that goes around the Christmas tree because the ba- one of the old batteries from last year had corroded. You know what I'm talking about, Sam, when you get that sort of blue copperish looking thing at the end. And I had to clean yeah. the contacts in the train. I was very f- proud of myself for fixing that. Mm-hmm. And then wife and I went down and fixed the chicken coop roof, which was leaking. It's ancient. And uh, I did at least put in the work uh, to make that Sunday worthwhile as opposed to doing a show. You can take it out of my paycheck next week if you like, guys. Uh, big thanks to Smash in the first half there. I think that was about a good balance of candor, honesty, airing dirty laundry, uh, being honest with the audience, and not having it to send into a he said, she said, finger pointing exercise, uh, the mm-hmm. Spider-Man meme with the three Spider-Men pointing at each other uh, and with <laughs> various names on there was particularly poignant. <laughs> Just two after Spider-Man. come on. After the past week, and I did resist the uh, temptation to gloat as a once vigorous supporter turned sort of neutral, jaded observer turned. I'll keep my mouth shut, but I really don't like this project one way or another. And when people asked me privately, I was absolutely candid with the reasons why. Too, I was just not about to go public and uh, burn the house down with my reasoning. And as it turned out, didn't have to. And I do feel sympathy for the people who got taken. They didn't get taken for a ride. I don't think it was flawed from conception. Uh, but people- Well, for those, time risk, those, yeah. those people who put thousands of dollars into this, I feel I'm sorry sure for feel, it, sure. <laughs> feel pretty ripped off right now. Absolutely. Um, and then you still got bitter enders and loyalists too, right? And who are like, no, the party, the party survives. We will carry on. And the reality is any organization group like that, when you suffer a severe trauma or public dust up like this, especially the embarrassment of what's going on on the telegram page, uh, it's virtually impossible to come back from that. Um, so we go on, but before we, you know, and uh, I Rolo hopefully will air all of his dirty laundry and pen up fury from the past year yeah, or two. Absolutely. Uh, but we got, well, hey, nice hey, 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 I won't have to, it's all being recorded, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Just one hour of rant of Rolo ranting during the break when he knew he was being recorded. That, that's, that, that's his scheme here. It was all part of the plan. Uh, let's see. We got a nice unsolicited uh, photo of 
brand new baby boy in the DMs. And he said, let's just keep this anonymous. But she is our second baby. We had her at home and it was a much easier labor than our first. She's a day old in this picture. We're planning to have Mm. more, but need to assess how long to wait first. Last time it was nine months between pregnancies, which was a little short. Merry Christmas to you, everyone else on the show. Thank thank you so much, buddy. I got to give you a name. We'll call him, I don't know, another John or something. I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Totally a non. But regardless, beautiful baby. And I actually, I, this is, I told him, I said, she looks a lot like my firstborn son was when he was born. Now, don't take that the wrong way. You know, the babies (laughs) all look sort of amorphous or whatever, but a very similar, Mm. you know, phenotype. I'm sure she's going to turn out to be a beautiful, beautiful woman. And, uh, if you're ready for this, I don't think I forwarded this one to Sam and Rolo, so this will be a surprise mm. to them. But we got oh. a delightful email in the inbox and get a load of this one. Uh, Mi hermano de un otro madre says, hey, coach, big Castizo fan here. First time writing. Right. I just want I just want to thank <laughs> all of you for this show. I, now, I know what a mestizo is. What's Castizo? Like a quarter Indio? Well, no. The, it's high, higher cast that, than that? <laughs> uh, well, hold on. That's not yeah. even a term used anywhere in Latin America. That's That's like a made up like a literally like a modern term that doesn't mean anything i suppose you could say if it had any meaning it's let's say there are people that have been there that are white presenting but they've been there so long that they don't have like an identity with europe it's they are south american but they are maybe white or whitish I was right. I was right. Castizo racial mm. category used in 18th century colonial Mexico, three quarters Spanish by descent and one quarter mm. Amer Indian. So accordingly, mm. we are only going to read three quarters of our fine fans. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Amigo. All right, here we go. Uh, I- I just want to thank you all for the show. You have no idea how much it has helped me. Political WN shows are good and all, but the constant black pills of the anti-white world, the willful ignorance of the normie con, and the infighting has really taken a toll on my hopes. And this is where I thank Full House for offering entertainment and real hope for our people. You've helped me grow and mature as a person. Mm. And he says, the biggest example I can remember of the dumb teenager shit I did and felt toward my parents Uh, was for them leaving Argentina and moving to Honduras. He says, Mm. we're technically richer here, but the country's infrastructure is non-existent. Leaving all my friends and the house I grew up in made me bitter towards my dad. It was childish and petty, but it was your show, Fatherland and Full House, that gave me the maturity to understand the tough decisions fathers make for the good of their children. And I just listened to the last episode where you mentioned the possible guest, Jim, from the Fatherland. This brought back so many memories of the old show, the good old TRS days, Jim, Salty, Otto, Ryan, Kenny, Nick B, Steve's, mm-hmm. uh, Nick, yeah, Nick B, Steve's, Borzoi. Mm-hmm. Thank God I saved some of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And I don't know if that was his real name or not. Uh, so we'll we'll call him uh, Juan Valdez. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, kind of like, uh, we'll call. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jose Gutierrez. <laughs> Pablo Escobar, yes. No, no th- uh, it, jokes Stevie aside, thank Gonzalez. 
there you thank go. Thank you. Thank you so much, bud. We sincerely appreciate that. And we are not such fire breathing monsters. Oh my God. He's got a quarter Indio in him. If you're a quarter Jew, then I definitely would have at least lopped three, uh, a quarter of the message off, maybe half to be safe, but I'm just kidding. Thank you very much. God bless to you in Honduras and whatever you do, we don't, you know, start a business down there and employ them. <laughs> so they stop coming this way. We could use the help. Um, I want to go to Rolo, who, again, just asleep at the wheel, playing cards when we're talking about matters of life and death, or at least white <laughs> nationalist progress. Uh, and I was only partially joking because Rolo does have extraordinarily strong feelings about this, as do I, but he tends to let it rip every once in a while. Um Come on, Rolo, either impressions from the first half or your chance to have a little uh, stem winder here. Uh, well, on, honestly, I just I think that this was something that probably started out pure and it, it was just poor management. I, I, I And I'm going to be honest, I, I've said this to as many people that I could. Uh, th this is 100 percent Mike's fault. It doesn't matter that he didn't want to be the chairman when he took that, that job, then he should have been responsible for all the stuff going on. So maybe he, Oh, I have a conflict diverse. Oh, I care about internet drama. It doesn't matter. Is the party serious or not? Yes. Okay. You have to deal with it. No. Okay. Then I understand why you don't care as much. Like, you, you, you are the, the guy in charge. And if, you you want to be next Hitler or you want anyone there to be next Hitler. You have to make sure that it, it goes according to plan. And yeah, it's, uh, it's not all glamor. There's the hard work and the difficult decisions and, need to and be made. Things like management and making tough decisions can be learned yeah. on the job too. <laughs> to sure. be fair, you know, you yeah, can't just well, wash your hands and be like, well, it's not really my, my well, cup of tea. Well, Imagine if you if you were the manager at like an Albertsons or something, and then someone comes up to you like, "Hey, we're out of we're out of toilet paper in the bathroom." Like, oh, I'm conflict averse. I, I don't ask ask that person. Go have them deal with it. Like that would never fly. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. No. He, he's yeah. not 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 only w was he the the guy in charge, but he was getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe he wasn't getting all that money. Okay, maybe the the chairman's circle didn't actually grant him those funds, but still, money was being sent to them. So he was responsible for an organization that was being sent money voluntarily from yep. people, just just out of their their Good goodwill, will. their oh. their hopes, <laughs> their beliefs, every everything that they wanted it to be. And he, he put a guy who looks like he's from the star Trek uh, mirror universe in charge <laughs> of everything. And it, it would have been different if that guy had a, a history of being like an actual organizer. Maybe, maybe he was in the military. Like he, he commanded a, a platoon or something, or, or maybe, maybe instead of uh, being a waiter, he was a like a manager for like a big restaurant, like like the Ritz Carlton or something. Where okay, like oh, I can see why where, but no, they just put this guy 
who invited a journalist from the New York Times to live with him for a week. Like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's put this person in charge of making important decisions. And instead of just peeking my head in every now and then to see if everything's going fine, I'm just going to not. That sounds like I, a good idea. And when I do, I'll be insulting or dismissive or snarky or just, yeah, how to make enemies and lose friends or lose friends and <laughs> not influence people. Yeah. Uh, Cause you, 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 you have to know that people are leaving your groups. Like, how do you not know? And, and yeah, every, everybody knows what's going on. Like it's, it's your head can't be buried that far in the sand. Yeah. They, they could and have if, said, uh, I'm in over my head, you know, I'm stepping down. He could have, but from what it sounds like is he was even so far detached from that notion. Yeah. Like it just, he wasn't even in over his head. He didn't know that he was in over his head right. because he didn't care to know that he was in over his head. Uh, assuming he's totally, totally telling the truth too, because it's hard to believe that you could be yeah. with a, a small I don't believe <laughs> for a second that he was as ignorant as he claimed to be. Maybe he right. was ignorant on some things, but there is no way that unless he was a complete shut-in and the only interactions he ever had was uh, the Mike and Warren report, Strike and Mike, and Tedious. And other than that, he had no contact with any human beings. He had to have heard from someone, hey, Mike, you know, a lot of people are leaving the pool parties. Hey, Mike, a lot of former friends of yours are speaking ill because they've been blacklisted and they've been thrown out of pool parties. There's no way that didn't happen. Maybe he's not going in telegram chats and watching people shit post, but there is no way people aren't telling him like, Oh, I'm at the NJP event. Oh, there's Mike. I got to tell him because this is something that I think this is really important because people are sending the money out, out of their goodwill. Well, they would probably want to tell him, Hey, this is a thing that's going on out of their goodwill. You have sure. to assume this. Well, There's he heard it from no my own mouth. I, I told him face no. to face. He was making a problem where there wasn't a problem previously. And that this was a bad decision. And it was just like, oh, okay. I mean, well, that, well, uh, well, that and, was, and you know, that, that was those years guys, ago. Well, that was yeah, years that, ago. Well, I'm talking yeah. about the last year, First six time, months sure. when, when like everything sure. was yeah. falling apart. There were so many right. times when they could have just, they, they could have stopped the bleeding, but all Mike needed to do was come in and just say, okay, I need to handle this. But instead he said, Tony handle it. He said, guy who's causing all the problems, handle it. This yes. like, it's, it's like the, like, Obama putting the oh, Eric Holder in charge of investigating Eric Holder for Fast and Furious. Oh, found nothing was wrong. Case closed. Oh, there you go. Not a single scandal on, on my track record. It's it's that level of, of retarded. Well, the leader has the final reckoning and you cannot point fingers at anybody else. And that's what was so upsetting to listen to some of these things I did over the weekend was the finger pointing and this happened and, and everything else. 
The million dollar question fam is uh, all right. <clears throat> Another wreckage in the rear view mirror with some scar tissue, more scar tissue and uh, some embarrassment. What now? And uh, oh, be before we do that, though, real quick. And uh, one other thing that's not too much of inside baseball, but uh, several of those guys were in my chat for a long time, for a short time, et cetera, and inevitably got offended, angry and offensive at pushback at different opinions, whether it was conservative, yeah. COVID. All, uh, all those guys were in the full house chat yeah. at some, I mean, every single at, one of at them. At some point. Yep. At, at some at point. point or another. And, and look, there's guys in there who I'm like, well, yeah, I don't really agree with you on this or whatever. And I always told them, I was like, guys, don't get, don't get angry. This is free market research, right? I mean, yeah. people are going to disagree with you. You are not actually the oracles of the absolute correct take on every single thing. <laughs> I think that was another big part that, you know, my, my way or the highway I'm right. You're wrong. And then uh, you had, you know, Sven over there fanning the flames on TDS and giving more ammunition. And remember, there was a time when our pal humbly said, I don't really think it's a good idea to have a political, uh, ostensible political party tied so closely to a an edgy podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's you know, not so well. You're sour grapes. Oh, what, what's this snake whispering and stuff? Well, mm. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, speci right. <laughs> I specifically remember when that was happening. I was in the chat yep. watching that happen. Yeah. A lot, a lot of a lot of heated conversations over the past three years that have all come home to roost. And uh, I'm not mm. I'm I'm not happy about it. I'm actually not happy about it. I really wish those guys uh, could have kept it together, kept a, a much bigger tent, even if people didn't want to donate or didn't want to go out and do activism. Come to the party, pay at the door, say hello. Maybe you'll want to get involved more mm -hmm. in the future. Incentivize yep. them as opposed to trying to shake them down or threaten them this or that or you're out. And of course, we know what happens to people when they're out. Uh, J.O. is not available to join us for the second half, but he did promise me he's going to come on. Uh, it's just a bad night. Uh, so we will get him on in the future. Looking forward though. Um, I did two polls of the internal brain trust, a uh, significant number of people who I like and respect and trust most of them, at least just kidding. And I'll do the most recent one first, but the, what I'm getting at here is I asked the question, is America salvageable? in its current form. In other words, the geographic territory and the rough system of government, not some revolution that comes in and changes everything, but can this country be fixed insofar as to become a safe, wholesome, remain white majority, doesn't have to be the perfect ethno state with national socialism or whatever, but can this place be fixed? 40% said yes, don't despair. 60% said no, it is too far gone. Uh, I was among the 60%. I don't remember if Sam or Rolo weighed in on that one. Uh, I did. But that, and you said, yes, it is, right? Yep. Uh, I was in or, the 40%. Uh, you were in the 40%. Yes, it can be yep. salvaged. Don't despair. Uh, yep. That, no, I'm not going to make Before a Before anyone sends the hate mail, there, there I have a, a very specific reason. Because it was, I, can it, not can we vote our way out of this or... Something. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and the re general, the reason I asked that question is several people have either over the years or especially now with this all going on said, so coach, 
what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, make a move here? And I've got multiple reasons to not, but I said, if I were to, the first thing I would want to, what can we do that is worth our time, effective, uh, not likely to fail where all of the other ones were. And in my, you know, we all want the, I suspect that our ideal scenario would be the unassailable, virtuous, brave, ruthless leader who unites us all and leads us to uh, at least a victory, if not the ultimate victory or whatever. Uh, But I don't think there's, I mean, Roman emperors, some of the greatest Roman emperors couldn't keep that empire together. And I said that to my buddy, I said, maybe our time preference is just way off here. And we think that we can do things or we're we're self-important. You know, we can make a difference here. Obviously we make a little bit of a difference on the show, but it's not earth shattering. It's not going to save the white race, but it will result in more white children. Uh, You know, should we set our sights on something as grandiose as that? Or is that impossible that we are living in the collapse, a new collapse of Rome? It can't be stopped. Some things cannot be helped, even if that perfect hero came around, in which case we need to orient our objectives, our efforts, etc. Smaller, more locally, and a little bit more uh, humble in the face of what we're, what we're facing. Uh, and I certainly was in the, this place is too far gone. It cannot be saved. Uh, Rolo, Sam, chew on that for a little bit or Rolo, at least explain yourself and your foolish optimism. Yeah. Well, um, Rome collapsed, but Italy's still there. I mean, it's getting wrecked right now by Brown people. I actually think it can get so bad that the people that are steering the ship can lose all control and uh, nature will have a, a way of kind of correcting things. Because I, I think if, if if you remove whites from a society, then you you just have anarchy. And if you remove whites from society, then there's going to be no one to police it. So I think enough blacks and Mexicans will, will, will kill themselves. I don't mean like by suicide, but I mean <laughs> via homicide. Like gang wars will will happen. The the collateral damage will be the other Browns. Uh, uh, I was actually thinking about this as a, a story, uh, like a a movie or a book called like A Day Without a White Man, where Jews win and th- they wake up to an America where there are no more white people. And they have to deal with all their creature comforts and everything that they that they've gotten used to that whites have given them being ran by by Shibuns and Squatamalans. And now mm-hmm. and now the the jihadi Muslims are running around because there's no one to to stop them. And and if white people just bow out and just do all the things that they've been doing for the last few years, like prepping and get having skills and growing their own food and all these things. And if it all collapses, they're going to be the only ones that will be able to save themselves. That's sort of the, the, the white racialist John Galt scenario. Yeah. <laughs> leave it, leave it all to crumble and build a new. Yeah. The, cause that, 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 cause that, that's where I, I think everything is headed. I don't think it's going to collapse and then just, Oh, all the white people are dead game over. Um, United States is now Africa. I I think if it all collapses, white people will be the only people with agency to stick around. Like maybe some East Asians 
will be competent enough to you know, preserve themselves. Right. But for the most part, all 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 the urbanites, all the blacks, all the, all the Squatamolans, they're not going to know what to do. They're all just sucking on the the white man's teeth. And if if that's the case, then uh, white people are not going to be helping them anymore because it's going to be everyone for themselves and white people. Enough of them will probably realize that the only people that will help them are whites. Like, like this is, there's we'll become, no more. We'll become, no Jew, more. we'll become white Jews essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely yeah, tribal. Like, <laughs> they'll, yeah. There'll be, there'll be no more DEI and there'll, there'll be no HR to, to come get you. If, if, uh, if you, you do anything pro white or, anti other races so they the yeah. it'll all kind of click together so that's where i see like it, it's salvageable no, that's, but we that's we can't we can't just you know vote the next guy in office or um the the montana militia can't storm the, the pennsylvania avenue or whatever it's not yeah. yeah, pick you, pick your goofy scenario. It's not gonna. You happen. made a good point about uh, you know Italy exists even if Rome collapsed, and that's what my when I said that you know maybe maybe we need to ride out this slow collapse of the storm, and he said yeah, but this is not that's just what I'm But but he said this is not just the collapse of a civilization. This is a deliberate slow running racial genocide. If we if we lose lose. They're just going to finish us off because that's manifestly what the agenda is. This is not like they'll just let us be, you know, hanging out in our hollers and raising potatoes and and cattle. They want us. Well, I, but but maybe that's. I I think. I think. No, no, no. They don't want to milk us. They're not that smart. What I think is happening is the the genocide and the collapse are unintentionally overlapping. Like what they want is the genocide. What they don't want is the collapse. What they want sure. is the genocide, and but and they're going to get. Well, have, they're going to get the. They're, they're they're getting both, and that that's why, um, they're they're rolling back a lot of DEI stuff, because as the genocide is progressing and they're bringing in more Browns, everything that Jews need for their their lives of luxury is falling apart. Sam, you are not a spring chicken. Uh, but you're not mm-hmm. tiptoeing toward the grave either. Are you no. getting, <laughs> are you getting antsy or impatient or are you more or less, would you be content if on the day that you go to meet St. Peter, that all that you had accomplished was a small, well, small, large is relative, of course, mm-hmm. but a great local network of productive, happy families working together mm-hmm. to advance themselves. Yeah. Well, that, that that's the thing we can do right now. And, and sure. that's the thing we are doing. Sure. You might say this, this little show we have is uh, you know, how much effect does it have in, in the whole world? Yeah. Well, but we're doing the thing we can do. And I would say that we have uh, achieved some modest success Uh this is what we can do now. And in regard to your poll question, if you sprung that on me and said, give me an answer right now, here's the question. I'd probably agree with your answer, coach. But if I thought about it for a while, I think I think that I agree with Rolo in the sense that, sure, we can save this thing. We absolutely could save it. It's all it's all in our heads. You know, it's it's all mental. The day that white people decide to do it, 
we will do it. Uh, so, uh, okay. you know, that that's where it is. And I think we do have to ride this thing out. You know, there's a lot of um, not just what, how does it look on the big stage, but there's, what does it mean in your own life? You know, and um, we, we were chit chatting on a few episodes ago, just me and you coach. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, the, the real value of this thing is the, the exhilaration of understanding what's really going on and to know the, the, in a spiritual sense, the importance of being white and, and of, of white culture and white life, if you will, that, that sure. there's absolutely uh, something you get out of this right now by being in this movement. And, and it could be expressed in so many ways, like cultural things of art, music, architecture, whatever, community life, things like that. And I think, I think that's what we can aim at, you know, whether you're living in good times or bad times, a person can lead shall I say, a holy life, you know, and a life that is Im- important on, on a certain level. Amen, Sammy, baby. Yeah, yeah I, and I, and to be honest, several people, it's not uh, a ton, are in some ways expecting or looking for me to do more, either because they like my judgment or what have you. And I may or may not be well, able to, or the guy to rise to the occasion. God, you know, people well, think that someone would do a good job and, and they don't all the time, but that got me thinking, go ahead, Sam, before I well, continue. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Well, and no, I think that, that that's what we're doing is we're making a community, you know, and the community is something that will give rise to some future thing, near future, far future, who knows that, that will be the turning point. Honest to God, you know, we we are like nobodies. We're just some guys doing a podcast, you know. I mean, not not to say that this is not without worth, but when things get really severe and when a turning point is really being approached, it will be, let's say, the chief of police in a major city that takes the law in his own hands. It will be uh, some general or, uh, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, a, imagine a third world that is approaching some kind of coup d'etat or something. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's the people who have actual power. That means guns. That means decision-making. That means commanding people. Those will be the people. Yeah. yeah, those will be the people who can really make a big, the big difference that you are talking about. You know, sure. we, we are, you know, I hope we don't get like the NJP people, some kind of sense of self-importance. <laughs> like, Delus- you know, Delusions of grandeur. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're little guys, but when it does, maybe we could provide the bedrock that, out of which somebody who is in a real position of power can can decide to make decisions and then the outcome of those decisions they know they have a community that's ready and willing to be part of that something like that you know i think the the thing that we have to keep in mind or have as our goal i was just talking to uh, hammer i was at a gig with hammer and we were talking about this Let's just make it so next year at the same time, we're all still like friends talking to each other and doing <laughs> this thing together, right? Because there's such upheaval and so so much turmoil and, and this and that. Let's focus on just having a thing that is surviving. 
sure at this point yeah, relatively drama free i hope the big guy's doing well um i of course <clears throat> you know we're, we're talking about like staying friends and not throwing people under the bus and when he did his perhaps ill-considered uh, plan to go to Ukraine and uh, act as a international Nazi mercenary recruiter <laughs> to go Russians, that really rubbed me the wrong way. I still like Hammer. Uh, I'm not throwing him under the bus, but that was yeah. Like, I, was like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> when I saw that, I, I was like, "That's where I, I get off the." <laughs> I don't know the that hammer time. No hammer time here for that. The, <laughs> I don't know that that's in the cards. That you know, we I don't. Talk, I don't think anymore. Quite, yeah quite a bit. And that was not talked about at all. I, I think he's a yeah. great guy. I think he's, he's uh, his heart's in the right place. I do and too. Uh, you know, and, and that's what we talked about. Like, let's just, you know, if, if we were by some <laughs> magic wand took over anything today, we couldn't run anything. We couldn't fill any position anywhere. You know, we couldn't make sure that the garbage was picked up on time. You know, oh, people, no, not with that attitude, Sam. Come on, give, people, give us a little people, bit of credit. Yeah. People would be saying, "Put the Jews back in charge." You know, <laughs> so so we got. You know, the thing we can do is to to make this thing solid. And and next year, this same time, we're still here. We're all friends. We're all, we're doing this thing, and then the conditions will drive the big changes that we dream about. Like I said, people with real power that are chief of police, some kind of general in the military, I don't know, whoever, some, those people will make decisions that will really change things. But what we're, we are doing now is setting the stage that there's an ethic, this white nationalism, and we're together, you know, we're for, fostering people to have families and to, we support each other in our local groups. But Sam, I want a hero to come along on a white horse and fix things instantly, ask us for help yeah. and, and for it all to be uh, quick and easy. Uh, when, when, we, when we have this type of community that somebody could, could rely upon and rise out of maybe something, maybe somebody like that will be coming. Well, and, and it got me thinking. I said, all right, so this thing is tragically, mostly tragically melting down. Maybe it had to happen and it was good that it happened. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said, what would you commit yourself to, or be willing, you know, whatever, I, you know, what would you be interested in actually dedicating yourself to 2024 next year? And I tried to cover the waterfront of things that either were going on or were in the realm of the, the near term possible. And unfortunately auto delete killed it, but I remember it pretty well. And one of them was, uh, Active, and this is just what would you, you know, putting putting everybody on the spot, the brain trust, putting you on the spot, what would you commit to uh, working toward in 2024? And one of them was activism, either a new activism group or an existing one. Patriot Front, take your pick. Uh, there was simply focusing on homesteading and prepping, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe mm -hmm. building local connections, being the guy who sells beef, et cetera. If you want to stock self-defense items and, you know, really harden yourself gold and all that stuff. Another one was informal social networking. Things mm -hmm. are obviously that that is always going on, but I just wouldn't want to commit to meeting like-minded people and, you know, getting the families together, et cetera, having a good time making friendships. And then one step up from that was something more formal, a group or an organization, whatever you want to call it, where there are rules, positions, tasks, things to do, stuff like that. Uh, and then the other one was a new political party. And then of course, another one was uh, politics, either local 
or national politics. Just commit yourself to actually getting involved in the system as it is. And yes, that would probably mean trying to go in as a Republican. Uh, the results I don't have handy, but I remember them damn well. New political party, zero. <laughs> uh, the two top vote getters were both of the networking options, the informal social network and the more formal with roles and responsibilities. And after that was uh, activism was close and then the sort of buckle down for the coming storm. So that's mm. at least where our people's minds are, that they are still in the game to uh, wow. build, 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 build those bonds, make friendships, work together, whether it's just getting together and helping each other informally or building something or joining something with the structure. Take it. Well, there was, yeah, there was two options you didn't even include in there, which would have got my vote, which is uh, number oh. one, go, go to a uh, Sybaris romantic getaway. And then the other one is go see Wellington Arms uh, at a gig. <laughs> Did I miss no. it? Was it a Wellington Arms gig, Sam, where you saw yes. Hammer and everybody? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My invitation must be local. In the mail. There's, there's, local. Like, there's no way I, I thought made it. I I'm thought you were going to say uh, the, the Wellington <laughs> Arms gigs was at Sybaris. I'm like, wow, that that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killer. <laughs> yeah, you have more 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 new white life uh, from that one show Ooh. than uh, yeah. <laughs> all the Full House episodes <laughs> put together. <laughs> uh, to, yeah, to the audience, look, think about this stuff. There's there's some happy medium between grandiosity, you know, and now we're going to take over the galaxy and this is all hopeless. I'm going to completely check out and uh, screw white nationalism and all these backstabbers and, you know, gossip mongers and incompetent poops. <laughs> it's there's, you know, it's, <laughs> don't know what to tell you, um, but don't don't give up. Please, please don't, because there are. Tens of thousands of people who are not giving up, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions around the world who are not giving up, and uh, we need everybody. And, of course, when in doubt, have another kid or, uh, you know, redouble your efforts to find that keep winning lady. Um, Moving on. I don't have too much here, and we're already at, damn, almost 40 minutes. Uh, Sam. Any anything in your stack? I, I got a couple things here, but we want to go to you first. I, I didn't have anything. No. All right. Very good. Uh, Rolo, anything bugging you? Uh, nothing. Uh, bugging more me. more than usual. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah I, I knew that's what you meant. Very good. Uh, then I am going to throw out to the audience my knee conundrum. This is not a selfish topic. I think this is relevant for a ton of people. It's and that it I grows, am- right? my no my knee doesn't grow i was very embarrassed i didn't get that haiku dad joke um but as listeners loyal listeners to the show will know about a year ago oh e michael jones thank you sam i had it in the notes on the first page (laughs) but uh my knee conundrum uh last january muddy cloudy but not cold day just kicking the soccer ball around with junior and i felt that pop but Mm. It wasn't nearly as tragic or catastrophic as previous ACL tears. I did get an MRI confirmed it was torn. Thanks to Rolo and his MSM recommendation, glucosamine and MSM, I'm more or less able to function normally. I don't have a limp. I can jog with a little bit of discomfort. You know, there's a torn meniscus in there too. Uh, And I can even ski 
if I'm really mm. careful. I can feel that it's unstable. It's probably pretty stupid, but I've never actually, all the things I've torn my ACLs with, it's never been skiing. I've never injured myself skiing. Long story short, uh, I am faced with a difficult decision. Do I get the ACL repair, which I have a window of opportunity to do uh, this coming year with a little bit of uh, time off saved up that I didn't have earlier in the year, or do I just go about my life with a imperfect, but more or less functional knee? You know, I can't really play. I can't play basketball. Shouldn't play tennis. I can maybe kick a soccer ball around a little bit. Uh, so I'm half hobbled but I'm still functional. I'm 42 years old. And the other factor is that insurance will cover it. The recovery is kind of painful and long, but it's nothing I've been through before. So I put that, I put another poll, really crowdsourcing the uh, wisdom of numbers or the wisdom of crowds here. And 80% of the, the brain trust said, get the surgery. However, Invasive surgeries, if you can avoid them, it's generally a good idea. The stuff that goes on in hospitals, the risks of complication, the time. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, and that, I'm, the I'm surgery is not like guaranteed or anything like that. <laughs> oh, I mean, sure. Outcome, yeah. I mean, it's not like, oh, you go get this thing and then you're perfect. That's not the case. Nope. Yeah, it would, it would probably be an improvement, but it's not guaranteed. And he wants to take it from my hamstring. In the past, I've gotten cadaver ACLs, which is a less intrusive surgery. Cadaver meaning I got some old dead guy's ACL, maybe a young dead guy. Uh, but he said that if you take from the hamstring, sure, it's a more involved surgery, but that will last a lot longer. So I'm thinking, man, you know, it's it's really a question of suffer now and re and enjoy later, or sort of waddle through with a constant sort of toothache essentially of the knee. I'm leaning towards getting it done, but I'm by no means hundred percent, but 80% of people, I don't know why I'm talking about this on the show. I just thought maybe it was relevant for people out there who have medical issues and their debate. You know, that, that's a, that's a pretty regular thing for people as they get older, you know, the serious intervention versus trying to live with it. For example, Sam, for example, the, the mm. medical professionals wanted to give him a penis reduction surgery. Just make it through life, you know, with that thing. hanging yeah. around. That's what I, <laughs> Sorry. that's what I got yeah. going for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Everybody's got to be good at something, Sam. You That's got that right. You got that swang. Okay, that that does remind me of a of a something that happened to me recently. Go ahead, go ahead. So I I donated blood recently, and uh, I I took a, a screenshot uh, of one thing that it said um like when I got this email for it, and it said race matters, and then there was a little thing under it. It said like. Be sure to check your race because some people have um, ailments that are specific to race. So you could be helping save lives. It was basically saying, mm -hmm. say what you are because race, like blood doesn't mix. Oh, but, right. um, but uh, biological so realities is cutting through the American Red Cross uh, typical propaganda. Uh, yeah. Race matters. And that's a, a blood donation. Uh, well, yeah, and that's a new thing, but uh, that that well, was just like an interesting thing. But the the thing that was actually uh, that I wanted to talk about, it was uh, the person who was taking my blood. I, I don't know how to describe her other than like she is a a midget's a 
a equivalent of like a Stacy Dash. <laughs> mm, I'm interested. Yeah. The midget part really makes it interesting. Like, what, what, yeah. Was she actually a midget or just a short Stacy Dash? Because that sounds no, she was white. She was white, but <laughs> oh. she but she didn't because midgets all have that kind of like Down syndrome type face where they all look the same. Where she was she was mostly midget shaped, but she was probably about four foot six. Mm. She was actually good looking. Mm. but after she took my blood um she said don't lift anything heavy for 24 hours and i went and then i just stopped you almost i, I almost said say, so i should pee sitting down in my face yeah. <laughs> boy i'm no, telling you, you being born a midget i mean you have a guaranteed career for the rest of your life in movies i mean Right, uh, that's yeah, that's maybe a silver lining in, in midget like, tossing. It, you could always get that. Yeah, job, but I don't. Really I mean, know. there's only well, one Peter her. Dinklage in in there, so many. There's <laughs> yeah, there's, but but there are no midgets. Work. There are no midgets <laughs> that are unemployed. Uh, wow, Sam really well, going that, out on a limb here. I'm going to go find some unemployed midgets tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> real ugly ones that no, no well, chance to make it in hollywood yeah. there there's no uh there's well, no midgets. tossed yeah there's no midgets that that are struggling to find a job no i mean if you if if you're if anyone thinking of having children if you if there's something you could do think about like think about having a made, midget yeah just yeah. consider it if you want to have a child yeah. think about having a midget okay tell mm -hmm. your doctor <laughs> Doctor, I'd like I'd like a midget because you know he'll take care of me financially when I'm older. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just you have a little servant around the house. You know, well, he's not a slave; he's just my little biological servant. Yeah, you know, it's my manservant Claude brings, brings me my coffee in the morning. <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, all right. She was. She was. But she was a very odd-looking person because, like, she had like a normal girl's face, and then like she was like a midget, midget shaped because midgets all have that shape. But she was like four foot seven, and most midgets are like you know three foot nine or something. Yeah, she's like a big midget. Yeah, she's a giant midget. Giant midget. Giant shrimp. Oxymoron. I, no, oh, I stopped myself. I mean, I was, you know, I was chatting her up, but um, I, I was really embarrassed that Whoa, I almost wait. made a, a a big penis joke to a midget who is. You're chatting her up. I work. mean, could you ask her out on a date? Well, okay. Well, well, here's the thing. Um, and, and this is just some some advice to the, the baby the might be guy. a midget. Well, fifty percent chance, but um, luckily I'm tall. But to all the guys out there, all don't turn your game off. Chat with every woman you can just just right, because yeah, you will always need the practice. practice. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah just always do it. And if they're really but, ugly, uh, you'll make that you'll give them a little thrill on their life too, right? Yeah, like exactly. Girls like to be spoken to politely by charming young men too. Yeah, good practice. You, you, yeah. yeah, yeah. And as far as that uh, ACL or whatever you called it, coach, that surgery. You what need, do you, I mean, maybe, what do you think, Sam? Maybe you should hit up Mike Beth. Give him. Maybe he can give you some <laughs> tissue. 
<laughs> no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, I, wait, I, wait, I wait, thought wait, he was wait, saying like Mike was going to die soon and I could get his ACL. No, no. Hold on, no, guys. No, no, no. Take a little no, bit out. Just take a little bit out. No, what are we doing? Let's take it from the guy who didn't give Mike the kidney. Like he's still got. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are we doing? What, yeah. Robert. Got, yeah, Robert. Yo, uh, keep your kidney. Yeah, he's got two, he's got two kidneys. He's got a liver. He's got a heart. He's got ACL. Yeah, oh, God. Wet my beak in your knee. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Rolo, did you donate just to be a good person, or uh, do you have do you wanted to get HIV tested through the back door by the uh, donation <laughs> process? Uh, uh, both, but no, no. I it, it's good. It's good for you to donate blood because oh, yeah. it forces your body to. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do it daily. You know, you uh, want to do it every well, few months, but it forces your body to. Re- replenish with fresh blood because your blood will oxidize and that's why women are less likely to have heart attacks than men yes the uh the the thing about that yeah because men especially american men with our meat consumption tend to have perhaps higher iron levels i looked into this a long time ago i I used to be a regular blood donor then it was the black phlebotomists at the uh, Mm. dc american red cross that i stopped going because they were poking me too many times in the arm. Uh, and then I started going again now that I live in rural, white, glorious Appalachia. But the funny thing is I, now the Red Cross is so fancy with their app and stuff. They show you where your blood goes. Mm. They tell you at the end where uh, which hospital gets it. So I was you know, two times ago. It went to some rural hospital in Pennsylvania. I was like, all right, good. That probably did some good. And then the other time it went to one in uh, like Newport News or Norfolk, Virginia. And I knew a guy who lived down there. I was like, he's like, oh, yeah, that, that one went to a gang. Back well, <laughs> well, I, I, I did want to chime in on on this thing of like the blood donation or organs and things. Sure. I, I have a dear friend that uh, worked in the organ bank and uh it's it is a fact that you cannot transplant the the bigger organs between races mm-hmm. um that i don't know if if you guys realize that but that was uh something that i suspected but uh, certainly true and i i uh but even with the blood and things like that um and i remember seeing an advertisement some years ago i saved it for a while i had a little catalog of things but it was it was uh targeted to blacks saying you know hey be a uh, be a donor make sure you sign your donor card organ donor card or donate blood things like that and the implication was that blacks don't uh because they're selfish right yeah, they, <laughs> they, they 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 don't they don't donate their organs and so the the blacks are the hurt the most because you cannot transplant organs, mm-hmm. uh, and and blacks are the least likely to donate anything, right? Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Grim realities. Uh, all right, Sam. Your opinion on E. Michael Jones, and then we'll land this puppy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he says a lot of good things. He's a little bit, uh, when you listen to him, like his ideas are kind of old. He's an old guy with old ideas. Um, He does say good things, but ultimately he is not drilling down to the problem that that race is real. 
it's it's uh you know these jews or other races they they're just have a fundamentally different nature than we have and uh you you might be tempted to start following him or maybe catholic guys might be tempted to start following him but ultimately there's missing this thing um that that he's He's not going to going to give you the racial reality. And I was just talking with uh, somebody. And not just uh, give it to you. He'll give you the wrong yeah. one too. Right. Yeah. He'll give you the wrong yeah. one. And uh, I was just out to dinner with uh, a friend last week. We were talking about this very thing. And uh, it's just like any, you know, I come on here. I talk about Catholic things sometimes. And I, I do practice the Catholic faith. Uh, I love going to mass. I've served mass. Um you know, my family, we actively go, we go to frequent confession, we go to holy days, the whole thing, you know, but you cannot follow that religion or any religion today, just as though it's some sort of final authority, because all of these so-called Christian religions teach race mixing. Now, a lot of them are even approving of, uh, homosexual marriage or sure. blessing blessing so-called homosexual relationships Question so about the pope doing that recently yep go ahead. exactly exactly so you cannot follow that's that's the problem i have with with people that they say oh i'm lutheran or i'm catholic or i'm orthodox or something like that that's fine if you can go into those things and find the good things in there that help you to lead a better life and that enlighten your mind but to to follow those things just as though it's some sort of authority that you're just going to surrender your will to that is that is not the right way to go um is there are good things in there but these these all the major religions have been leavened by the Jew for a long time, long time. And they they fought like hell to get this interracial marriage thing accepted. It probably took 40 years for that, for, for the laws to be changed, Supreme Court decisions to be made, and break down the people's resistance to it. And mm -hmm. probably a lot of people resist even to this day of that thing. But this this gay thing, this is this is being uh, ushered in even faster and harder. And in five years from now, I think a lot of these people that adhere to, they claim some kind of denomination, they'll, they'll accept the gay thing, just like they accepted the interracial marriage. They will accept the gay marriage, and eventually it will be just a thing of, well, yeah, you know, I don't really exactly agree with that, but, you know, that's what the church does. And they will all accept it, I guarantee you. I think yeah, he's excellent. If not already, Jews. yeah, yeah. He, he's excellent on Jews in particular for sure. I haven't read mm -hmm. any of his books, but I've heard wonderful things about some of his books. Um, a little squirrel who had personal history with him told me that he was a real a hole, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, his <clears throat> denial of racial realities and right. certainly seems to be an excessive apologetic. Uh, you know, j just he's he's a company man for Catholicism, almost yeah. to the point of being unquestioning to the point where, you know, Pope Francis clearly was tiptoeing toward papal sanctification of yeah. gay marriage with whatever sort of worm worded declaration he made. And, you know, he was like, well, he's blessing well, the sinners, not the sin, or he's blessing the, 
something like that. Oh, that's so, such a joke because if, yeah. if I was some kind of prominent yesterday? Catholic, yeah. <laughs> if I was some kind of prominent Catholic or something like that, and they got wind of the way I believe or things I talk about, I would be thrown out so fast, you know, sure. there's, there'd be no question about that. There's, there's no question about what their aims are. It's just the same continuation of, of, what we've already seen, like I said, since the fifties, they're trying to get interracial marriage and they got it and they put it in, took a lot of work to break it down. And now it's gay marriage and, and all the people that are talk such a big game. Oh yeah. There will never accept that. You will, you will. Don't worry. Yep. It reminded well, me of, he, go ahead. Roll. He doesn't just like deny race. He's, he pretty much says that race was invented by Jews. Yeah, right. Yeah, like the, the concept of mm-hmm. white was invented by Jews. Yeah. The Irish, yeah, the Irish aren't white, and of course, the the absolute whopper that you know, if the Kenyans had this is almost a verbatim quote, if Christianity yeah. had arrived to Kenya, you know, at the same time it did Europe, then they'd be on the same level as Europe, which is just guess, retarded. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Right. They're they're, the they're there were Christian missionaries in Africa and they didn't, they ate them. Yeah. 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 When blacks, blacks in America can't speak English. Like, why do you think you could teach them something complex like theology? Right. When somebody's that batshit wrong or dishonest about something then it really throws their entire judgment into question. Yeah. Uh, Even if, you know, you know, (laughs) millennium woes had some, you know, meme or whatever. It's like millennial millennial millennium woes, millennium woes kind of (laughs) sound cooler. Uh, But anyway, you know, it's it's Derek, Derek Vineyard looking up (laughs) whenever E. Michael Jones talks about something other than Jews, you know, just, just the angry glare in his eyes. I thought that was good. Uh, yeah, I, I, will, yeah. I want to read uh, one or more of his books. And it also reminded me of a pal who asked me about Matthew Raphael Johnson, uh, the mm, yeah. Orthodox pro-Russian yeah. uh, guy. And, uh, and, Radio Albion. Yep, he's on yeah. that. And I think he maybe he was on Pete Quinones or some or maybe Tim Kelly. Uh, both of those are great shows, by the way, Pete Quinones and, and Tim Kelly. I don't love all their shows. Sometimes they're snoozers. Sometimes they're outstanding, which could be said about any podcast, of course. Except this I, one. Exactly. Yeah. Never a snoozer here. No, sometimes they're better than others. But regardless, I said, I agree with him on most of the things that he was saying. And this was in the context of Russia. Uh, and it's wherewithal against sanctions and yeah. what they're trying to do in Ukraine. But I said, I just take it with a minor grain of salt because he is clearly a company man when it comes to Orthodox Christianity and Russia. I have no idea if he's getting paid by them. That's clearly his bread and butter. He is an expert, but he has a vested interest in presenting Russia in the most positive light. I tend to present Russia in a positive light, but I don't have a vested interest whatsoever in Russia. At one point I owned some Russian stocks and then uh, the American security exchange mm. commission just thunderstruck them down to zero. They don't, you, you, you can't own Russian stocks anymore. It's like, well, okay, whatever. Yeah. They're just in my IRA. It was some, some broad based ETF. So yeah, take the, you, know, you always have to consider the source and wonder what someone's agenda is. We all have agendas of one type or another. Obviously ours on this show is 
the fate of the white race, not to be all grandiose about it. But when you get into the weeds, that's when you do sort of start to wonder, you know, does E. Michael Jones care more about the Catholic Church than he does the white race? I think the answer is probably Mm yes. Does Matthew Raphael Johnson care more about Russia, perhaps, than the white race? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I certainly got the, that sense of clientitis from him. That's an old State Department term when you've spent too much time in country and you start to identify with your host country and culture, perhaps to cloud your judgment. Just a little life lesson there mm-hmm. at the bottom half of this second show. Gentlemen, thank you very much. It was yeah. a, you know, it was like a little bit like walking a minefield, didn't want to get smasher in trouble. Didn't want to come across as fire-breathing maniacs ourselves, nor vindictive heart right. or you know, uh, kick a dead horse. Uh, but frankly, some of those guys kicked a dead horse, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if they're not going to have any compunction about speaking ill of the organization that they just oh struggled gosh. for for three freaking years... Why Diary the of the mouth. Any obligation to bite my tongue? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the audience came away with a little more optimism than perhaps they had. But you know, honestly, I don't think too many guys were like crestfallen about this. I'm sure, but that's also because we've kind of bifurcated, right? There was yeah. you, you were in their tent or you were out, <laughs> and over the, over the years, you know, whatever they gained, I think they probably lost and then lost more. Uh, by alienating people. It doesn't make me Absolutely. happy. That's, that's how it went down. All right, fam. Full House episode 175 was recorded on what is now starting to get into real winter territory. It is almost the winter solstice. Hot damn. Our family tradition is to have a little bonfire and I'll put on a little Bing Crosby. So that's coming uh, tomorrow night. Maybe the night when you're hearing this. Follow us on Telegram, on Gab. If you have something serious, please do email us, fullhouseshow at protonmail.com. Remember those comments on the website. I will see them, but uh, there's so much spam. It's incredible that comes in through there. I just spam, 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 spam. Oh, here's a real one. And that was our uh, friend asking about E. Michael Jones. And check us out, givesendgo.com slash fullhouse in the spirit of the season. And, of course, we're at full-house.com. So in particular – to our pal, potato smasher, Michael McKevitt. Uh, we love him and his family uh, just the same as we did back in the olden days when he was with us on episode two. <laughs> he called out sick on episode one. I was like, good stuff. <laughs> he was a real, real rock for us. So uh, bless him and his family and everybody who, uh, you know, either got snookered or was all in on njp and maybe looking around like john travolta saying what now uh hang in there unless you were one of those severe nasty name calling partisans uh there's plenty of goodwill on this end toward you rollo knows, knows who i'm talking about uh sam thank you very much my friend thank you it was a, a wonderful discussion i think so i think we did well and uh rollo thank you my friend you're welcome. All right. Well, we're going out to what uh, we did a uh, little bit of pop rock for the bumper, which I sent to Rolo at the break. We did some real punk or new punk uh, <clears throat> at the break. And to go out, we're going to go out with a little bit of uh, synth and trance. We haven't had this in a while. This is a beautiful song I've been putting on repeat when one gets in my head. It goes around and around. This is Between the Lines and somewhat relevant to our discussion from the first half. 
by Julian Gray. Hope you enjoy it. We love you, fam. Merry Christmas. Happy Yule. Merry Christmas. And we'll be back as soon as we can. How about that? It's all yours, Sam. See ya. Okay, if you read between